live across Kansas on the Game Day Radio Network and worldwide at PowerCatGameDay.com. K-State fans, it's time. Looks over that Kansas State defense. There's the snap. Looking middle. Now pressure. Goes down. He goes down on the Wildcat. Sack him. It's Felix and Udike Usama with a minute 44 to go. Wildcat Nation. Welcome to Powercat Game Day. Oh, the Wildcats block it. The ball is picked up at the eight-yard line, and the Cats are going to score. Touchdown, Kansas State. There's a handoff, and Deuce straight ahead. Deuce in the open. Here he goes. He's at the 30, to the 20, to the house. The Deuce is loose. Touchdown, Kansas State. It's 13-0 Wildcats. Powercat Game Day is powered by Prairie Land Partners, your local John Deere headquarters for sales, parts, and service with 15 locations throughout Kansas. Online at prairielandpartners.com. Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. Don't get stuck on the bench with a sports injury. Get back in the game with the same doctors trusted by Kansas State University. Online at kansasortho.com. The McCain Performance Series. Bringing the best to the Flint Hills in Broadway, music, theater, family shows, and comedy. Kids under 17 always have price. Get your tickets online today. And Beds for Less. Manhattan's leader in low-price, high-quality mattresses. Offering the largest selection of in-stock name-brand mattresses. The biggest pregame show in the Big 12 starts now. Wildcat fans, this is Powercat Game Day. Despite buckets of water being poured on Bill Snyder Family Stadium last Saturday and most of the 51,000-plus fans in attendance for the first half of the game not really showing back up in the second half after an hour-long delay, K-State was still able to pour it on the Missouri Tigers by the final score of 40-12. K-State now 2-0 on the 2022 season. And this afternoon at 2 o'clock from Bill Snyder Family Stadium, the Wildcats welcome in their final non-con opponent for this season. It is the Tulane Green Wave, and they are 2-0 as well on the season. Welcome to PowerCat Game Day, brought to you by Prairie Land Partners, your local John Deere headquarters for sales, parts, and service with 15 locations throughout Kansas, online at prairielandpartners.com. My name is Mitch Fortner, and I'm back with my co-host once again. Introducing first, he's a former beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury, and he's on the Three Mile podcast, Cole Manbeck. And we have also back from the Three Mile podcast, and he is with K-State Online, who's now with On3, that is Derek Young. Well, gentlemen, let's start breaking down this last game back on Saturday. Again, K-State beating Missouri by the final score of 40-12. to I'm actually going to start out with the same question we started out with last week because we see again now a lopsided effort when it comes to the rushing game and the passing game. Much more success with the running game. Deuce Vaughn goes over 100 yards again for the eighth consecutive game. But, Cole, I'm going to ask you again, do you have any concerns with the K-State passing game? I wouldn't say I'm on a level red or orange yet of concern. I mean, look, that it's it's hard with that game with the weather. It was a wet football. It was raining most of the game. But it was pretty miserable out there, especially when you look at what Adrian Martinez did. Look, you look at his final stat line, 9 of 20, 101 yards passing. Yeah, that's nothing to be overwhelmed or overly excited about. But when you look at the actual game film and you recall back to what transpired, that first drive when it was really dry out there, he looked really sharp. They converted a couple third down plays, one deep down downfield 16 17 yards from Malik Knowles uh, he maneuvered around the pocket really well never took a sack in the game you know one of the things that we talked about as a big point of concern Missouri's strength was their defensive ends and their defensive line and the ability to pressure the quarterback they have three potential NFL defensive ends up front um, that are all 6'4 6'5 270 plus pounds 
and they had an 8.3% sack rate last year. Well, they don't get a sack in that game. Missouri only had one tackle for loss overall in the game, which is, is pretty remarkable, actually. Credit to Adrian Martinez maneuvering the pocket and the offensive line and, and the running game for pushing forward and getting positive yards. But when you look at the passing game, Deuce Vaughn had the 30-plus yard pass called back on a wheel route because of a pick play called for offensive pass interference on Cade Warner. That uh, was a really well-thrown ball from Adrian Martinez downfield, hit him right in stride. There was a drop by Malik Knowles that would have went for 15-plus yards. There was a drop by Phillip Brooks. And again, I think a lot of that can be attributed probably to the wet football uh, and what transpired. So I think the passing game is fine. I would not overreact. I think they're going to try to do a lot more today against Tulane and they'll show some things and, and stretch the field a little bit. Yeah. And hear here about the offensive line against South Dakota allowing four sacks, nine tackles for loss. That's just blocking in general for K-State on offense. But against Missouri, no sacks allowed and just one tackle for loss for that Missouri defense. On the flip side, defensively for K-State DY, we see another beautiful performance. We're in the first half, four straight punts forced. In the second half, four straight interceptions. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, that side of the ball has been almost flawless to this point. The havoc rate has been approaching 30% at times in both halves that they've played, especially the first half against both South Dakota and Missouri, you were a little bit concerned, right, about the safety position going into this season. I know the coaches were, they considered it the question mark of the team, at least that side of the ball going into the 2022 season. It's all we heard about in the offseason. Man, we could make a case at this point that it might be one of the strongest positions on the football team two games in for Kansas State. Kobe Savage has been outstanding both game one and game two. I know he's your guy, Mitch. And then we saw the debut of Josh Hayes against Missouri. And he was just as good. Sincere Mason has two interceptions already. Um, He swiped one away from Julius Prince against the Tigers in the second half last week. You you just got to like what you're seeing the back end of the defense. Were they exposed here and there in the third quarter um, with the vertical ball where they probably got away with because Brady Cook misfired? Yes, but you're not going to be perfect. And you can count on your one hand probably the amount of plays that scare you about this defense after two games, and that's still an impressive feat. They're getting after the quarterback. They're in the backfield at a regular clip. People were concerned about the linebackers too, right? Because it's like, who else do we have besides Daniel Green? Is that the only contributor that can be counted on? There's a case to be made that Austin Moore has been the best one this season. Yeah, Austin Moore has been awesome. Linebackers have been great. Secondary has been great in the defensive line. I mean, them, everybody in the box, back-to-back games, 10 tackles for loss by that K-State defense. Now, with this matchup against Tulane, both teams are 2-0 and and just so happen to be announced this week that the next Saturday game, the first road matchup at Oklahoma, a week from today, will be a 7 o'clock kickoff. It's prime time on Fox, and maybe some Wildcats could be looking ahead to that game. But Cole, do you have any worry that in any way K-State could be looking past this one, could be a letdown as they may be looking forward to Oklahoma? Oh, I mean, I circled this game before the season as a potential trap game scenario, just given the hype and energy around the Missouri game and how long the wait that was and then the Oklahoma game coming on the heels of that uh, to start Big 12 play in Norman so it was always a bit of a concern for me and just given the way things have transpired yeah I think, I think there's a little bit of reason to be concerned I mean I, I think Kansas State's going to win this game today but I certainly think this could be a a very competitive ball game, especially early on. I would not be surprised if Kansas State gets off to a slow start. Ultimately, there's enough maturity on this team and enough leadership that I think K-State's going to be fine. There's a ton of fifth and sixth year guys that have played college football at this level for that period of time. They'll have them ready to go. I think Chris Klein will have them ready to go, but 
it's only natural to have a bit of a letdown. And Tulane is a respectable team. They're from the American Conference. Now, you know, this is a program that went two and 10 last year. And everybody's looking at that and saying, you know, is, is Tulane on the downturn? Well, yeah, they went to three consecutive bowls prior to last season. They've been respectable. Willie Fritz is a good football coach. This is year seven for him. He's from the state of Kansas originally. He's had success everywhere he's went. He's turned that Tulane program around. And they were in Norman last year at Oklahoma to open the season. And they had the football down 40 to 35 with less than two minutes left in the game with a chance to win. Look, I just think last year was an outlier for him. Talking to some Tulane guys, they reminded me with Hurricane Ida that that football team and their roster had to stay in Birmingham, Alabama, away from home for the first month of the season and relocate, essentially. So think about the challenge that presented for those guys. They were just never really able to get on track last year as a result. It would be human nature for Kansas State to start out slow in this game. It was clear that they expended a lot of energy against Missouri. Just from an emotional standpoint, they certainly basked in it afterwards. That win meant a lot. For a lot of people at Kansas State, they took that one a little bit personally, I think, because of the antics of Eli Drinkwitz throughout the offseason. So that one was a personal and kind of an emotional expenditure game. And now you have the big one against Oklahoma looming a week later. It's that sandwich spot that typically causes teams to start out slow. But on the reverse end of that, if this team's maturity and leadership is at the level that most of us think that it is, they should be able to combat that with that maturity and leadership and, and, and avoid any kind of letdown that at least puts you in a dangerous spot. Now, before we take our first break, I got to hear from both of you about the new drip that K-State's going to debut against Tulane this afternoon, where you have the white helmet, white pants, purple top. We've seen that before, but the new uh, sticker, the Willie the Wildcat logo will be on one side, and then you have the individual player's number on the other side. Cole... How do we feel about this new look? I love it. I love the look. I mean, it's one of my favorite K-State logos. I've got multiple shirts and hats with that logo on it, and I'm thrilled that they're putting that on the helmet. I'm, I'm really excited about the look, and I know some fans, and even Chris Kleiman's a little bit superstitious because they went 0-3 in that look uh, with alternate uniforms, not that exact look, but with alternates in 2019 and haven't worn them since. But I think this is a good game to try and break that trend. And it's something that really just helps with recruiting. It just resonates with younger kids. And you look at social media, it went viral when K-State released that video. There was so much excitement around it. Numerous Twitter accounts with 200,000 plus followers saying how much they loved it. So that's something that really will resonate with the younger generation and will help them on the recruiting front. And so I'm, I'm thrilled to see it broken out. Yeah, folks like Spencer Hall, Brett McMurphy, Andy Staples, just among those uh, popular college football personalities on Twitter that gave it its clout. Uh, I really like the look as well. I'm glad that they didn't go with the stripe on the helmet. I know some people said, well, the helmet needs a stripe. It looks weird without it. I think it looks great without a stripe. I like the, the choice not to uh, include that. I would be curious about a darker face mask, but it still looks fine with the one it has. Well, we're just getting started here on Powercat Game Day. Still to come in Hour 1, the Big 12 Huddle, also Robert's World. Our opponent spotlight with Tulane beat writer Gary Smith. But when we come back, it's our player interview this week with quarterback Adrian Martinez. You're listening to Powercat Game Day. Getting you set for all the action. This is Powercat Game Day.
Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center offers innovative, cutting-edge physical therapy. From blood flow restriction rehabilitation, dry needling, DARI-A biochemical movement analysis, fall prevention, and return to sport, OSMC Physical Therapy has over 75 years of combined treatment experience and deliver a successful and positive outcome while making the rehabilitation process pleasant and enjoyable. At Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Physical Therapy, no referrals are needed to schedule your therapy appointment. For more information, visit us at kansasortho.com. Prairieland Partners has made it easy for you to shop online. Choose your equipment, pick attachments, and even apply for financing all at jdbuyonline.com. Whether you're looking for a John Deere riding lawnmower, compact utility tractor, utility vehicle, or compact construction equipment, Prairieland Partners has what you need to get the job done. Get started shopping today at jdbuyonline.com. Delivering the right solution. Prairieland Partners. Powercat Game Day Forecast. Well, even though there is a little bit of rain in Saturday's forecast, I gotta say it is way better than what we had last Saturday. As of right now, 30% chance showers and thunderstorms, but hopefully we'll be done by 1 o'clock. And of course, kickoff is at 2.02 officially. Partly sunny. The height today is 91, but we could see a little bit of wind today. A little bit of wind out of the south could be as high as 25 miles per hour. The Powercat Game Day forecast is brought to you by Allington Insurance. Feel like family, not just a number. Call Allington Insurance for home, auto, renters and business insurance they know insurance so you don't have to welcome back to powercat game day with mitch fortner cole manbeck and Derek young and here in just a second we'll be getting to our player interview this week with quarterback adrian martinez and again it's the second week in a row a little bit of concern about the passing game because the numbers aren't jumping off the page nine of 20 last week and just a drenched waterfall of a game from mother nature with 101 yards but still hasn't thrown for a touchdown pass but i'll ask uh first starting with cole a game against two lane where you have Oklahoma on the horizon and Tulane I mean last year they were just not good against the pass but they have beat up against a couple of teams so far against Alcorn State and also against UMass is today a necessity for the passing game to really get going against Tulane yeah I think so Mitch I mean I think they got to show a little bit more consistency in the passing game and be a little more dynamic and explosive against the Tulane pass defense it was 114th in the country in pass efficiency D last year you know Tulane's got a decent pass rush they've had a good pass rush for really for a few years now. They had a couple NFL defensive ends uh, and Patrick Johnson and Cam Sample a couple years ago that are now both in the NFL, both drafted. Um, and, and they have some weapons. They, they have some guys at linebacker that are really good players and a good DN that can get after the quarterback. But in the secondary, um, you know, they, they've struggled a little bit. Now they got uh, one of their starters is actually K-State cornerback Lance Robinson, who uh, transferred back home and plays for Tulane. And um, Tulane guy I spoke to said that he's been playing really good football for him at the cornerback position. But uh, I think there's a real opportunity here for K-State um, to, to air the ball out a little bit more. Uh, part of what it will be dependent upon, you, you mentioned it, the wind. Uh, that's certainly going to factor in with the potential for 15 to 25 mile per wind. So when I think when K-State is going toward the north and has the wind at their back out of the south, I think you're going to see them try to air it out more um, in those two quarters uh, whenever they might be. I think they'll go downfield with the wind at their back. And yeah, I think they're going to have a couple explosives in the passing game uh, today. I think Malik Knowles has a big one. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Phillip Brooks, Sammy Wheeler, someone like that has a big play in the passing game and maybe even Deuce Vaughn out in space through the air. I, I certainly think they're going to throw the ball for significantly more yardage than they have the first two games. I'll keep it simple. Do they need the passing game today to uh, to beat Tulane? No, they could probably... 
run the heck out of the ball and beat the green wave with with relative ease. Do they need to find a semblance of a passing game, at least to have a little bit more confidence going into the Oklahoma game? I think so. I, I think those receivers would like the ball to hit their hands a little bit more before they get to Norman and, and kind of run some different routes and, you know, become acquainted with a little bit more of the offense than what they've had to show so far. So to beat Tulane, no, but to think ahead to maybe that Oklahoma game, yeah, it would be nice to see something a little bit more today. Yeah, I think where the necessity falls into place for me, I, I think K-State needs to score with a passing touchdown, maybe a big play, and that'll really boost the confidence of a, of a passing game that just and these wide receivers just haven't had a whole lot of opportunities to catch the football and make a play. And I think uh, Phillip Brooks, he said it after the game on the network when speaking to Matt Walters that feels like he's bad luck, like his plays always cut short at the one-yard line. He never has receiving touchdowns, so I'd like to see them uh, at least score one today in the end zone. They have not done so this year on a passing play. And with that... Let's get to our player interview for the week. And that's brought to you by Becker Auto Trailers and Campers. Wanting to pay less and still be treated the best. Shop Becker Auto's Trailers and Campers Superstore in Beloit. Over 10 acres of inventory. Hurry in for the 2022 model year clearance on new campers. Or shop 24-7 at BeckerAutos.com. The media earlier this week got to speak with K-State quarterback Adrian Martinez. Coach talked about the conditions, trying to throw the ball on Saturday. How much of a struggle was it? It kind of depended, and, and that's what made it tough as well. Is sometimes it was a downpour, and sometimes it wasn't as much. So you try and take advantage of the times it wasn't. And, you know, that was something we were battling, and just thankful we have a great running game, and we found ways to put points on the board. Is getting that passing game going something you want to see this week? It's whatever the whatever the situation calls for, and, and if that happens, it happens. If it doesn't, and we win the game, we win the game. Individually, how much progress did you think you made from week one to week two? I'll say collectively, I, I was proud of our guys and how we battled. Um, individually, I, I feel like I felt more comfortable out there, and uh, we continued to progress, and that's what it's about. You know, it's not a final destination, and I think we're on the right trajectory. The fact that you had some success on that first drive throwing it, was that maybe a little bit of validation, if you will? And uh, then when the weather came, at least you, you kind of had that in your back pocket. I wouldn't say I needed the validation, so I was I was fine. <laughs> um, uh, it felt good to get the ball in, in those guys' hands and, you know, get the ball moving that way as well. What kind of luxury is it to have such a good defense? Yeah, I mean, it's huge and, and why I feel so confident in this team, you know. Uh, we we played those guys all off season, spring, fall camp. I think we all had an idea of the the type of unit they would be, uh, but to see them go out there and do it and continue to gain confidence, it's it's big for our team. How much of a confidence boost do you think it'll be whenever you do hit your first first deep ball here with the Cats? You know, I think it'll be good for us as a unit. But again, you know, I, I don't feel like I I need that kind of validation or that confidence boost. I feel good about our capabilities, and when it happens, when the defense gives it to us, uh, it will be great. Team seem pretty excited for the, perhaps a new look this Saturday. Yeah, you know Tulane's a really good squad, and we're excited to to get after. But I guess I misunderstood your question. Are you talking about the uniforms? uniforms? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, the guys are excited. Guys are excited. I guess we revealed a little teaser. I wasn't aware that the whole uniform wasn't released, but uh, guys are excited about the look. Ready to, to go showcase it on Saturday. Do you feel like your running game maybe helps your passing game at times in terms of just maybe getting a feel and? getting a momentum and confidence and whatnot. Yeah, you know, some people 
talk about like you know what's the, the best way to get a quarterback going or, or a player or whatever and some guys like to get hit some guys like to get an easy completion some guys take deep shots so um, sometimes that can help me get into the game uh, and other times it, it happens in a different way but um, I definitely enjoy doing it and, and will continue doing it. Can you talk about uh, the focus and just preparation involved no matter who the opponent is I mean you're not overlooking looking uh, to Oklahoma you're focused on the next opponent. You know something that I believe makes this program special and this team special is is our preparation and that's recognized on this team and and something uh, we understand you know we any team could beat anybody any given Saturday. So we don't have that type of, uh, I don't know, we're, we're, we're not conceded in that fact. You recognize you have to prepare to win, and uh, Tulane's a good team. Tulane's made like four picks. What have you seen from their defense that impresses you? Yeah, they're, they're really well coached, really well coached. They're sound on the defensive line, stay in their gaps. Um, you don't see many busted coverages, and uh, they beat their, their opponents soundly. You know, uh, I think last year, little bit of a misconception you know they were a really good football team they almost beat Oklahoma they played in a lot of close games and uh, we feel like it's a really good team coming into Manhattan. A few guys on this team that has you know dabbled in new uniforms before still new to us so we ask about it but uh, what's that like when somebody comes up there and says hey we're gonna wear something new? Yeah you know I I think it is a special deal it's something that that doesn't happen all the time and it gets the guys really excited you know Um, for me just want to win the game, and I think that's where most guys, uh, you know, focus is. What's Ty Zentner mean to this team? Well, he's, he's part of special teams, you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's a, a tremendous, tremendous amount. I mean, the guy's able to, to do his job consistently, and not only that, but he's been a leader. He's been a leader in the weight room. He's been a leader on the field, and, and a guy you know who will show up and, and do his job. Physically speaking, you've battled injuries a lot in your past. You haven't gotten hit too much. Physically, how do you feel after two weeks heading into the third game of the year? Yeah, I feel great, <laughs> you know, and knock on wood for me on your way out of here. But, uh, you know, I hope to continue feeling that way. Do you want to say anything about the coaching change in Nebraska? No, no, yeah, uh, a little bit. You know, still a lot of people there that, that I care for a lot. And, you know, you, you hate to see a man lose his job regardless. And so thoughts with him and thoughts with the guys and, and the coaches and, and all the support staff that are there because many people are misplaced in, in this type of thing, you know, and uh, you pray for their families and, and you hope um, things end up okay. And that was the K-State Media with quarterback Adrian Martinez taking on the Tulane Green Wave today at 2.02. Powercat Game Day is brought to you by Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. Don't get stuck on the bench from sports injury. Get back in the game with the same doctors trusted by Kansas State University online at kansasortho.com. Coming up in the second hour, an interview I'm really looking forward to. It is Fort Riley Day at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I will speak with Brigadier General Neve Nell, Command Sergeant Major Albert Serrano, and Dr. Art DeGroat, Executive Director of Military and Veterans Affairs at Kansas State University. We will talk relationship between K-State and the Big Red One. But when we come back on PowerCat Game Day, it is our opponent's spotlight. We will speak with Tulane beat writer Gary Smith. This is PowerCat Game Day. Stream PowerCat Game Day live four hours before every game online at PowerCatGameDay.com. More PowerCat Game Day continues next. 
No matter if your flight is departing or arriving, travel is more convenient when you fly local with Manhattan Regional Airport. Connect to anywhere in the world with five daily flights to Dallas and Chicago. Plus, by booking your next flight through Manhattan Regional Airport, you'll spend less time driving, saving you both gas and time. Why spend hours on the road when you can spend more time at your destination? Or more importantly, getting home quicker to the ones you love. It's time for you to enjoy the convenience of flying local. Book your next flight today at flymhk.com. The challenge flag has been thrown. It's taken the ref a long time to review the play. This may not be good. Oh, wait. Here he comes. Al Langton Insurance can save them hundreds of dollars. No penalty, but we highly recommend them see Robbie or Kate today for a quote. Has it been a while since you've had your insurance reviewed? Give Al Langton Insurance a call today for auto, renters, or homeowners. Al Langton Insurance. They know insurance, so you don't have to. 776-4091 or on the web at langtonins.com. And don't forget to like them on Facebook. We roll on with Power Keg Game Day, getting closer to kickoff. 2-0-2 is the kick for K-State's final non-con game as they host the 2-0 Tulane Green Wave at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Well, the series history, there's only one previous matchup, and that was back in 1988 as Tulane leads the all-time series 1-0. It was K-State's first ever game indoors at the Superdome where Tulane won 20-16. K-State was ready to win that game. Coaches came down early from the box to celebrate. Well, 14 seconds left, Tulane won with a touchdown, and that spoiled K-State's maybe only one victory all season, chance for a win all season in 1988. The last time K-State hosted a team out of the American Athletic Conference was in 2010. Remember that cloud that rolled in against UCF? And K-State will be visiting Tulane coming up in 2024. I know that's a uh, road trip that K-State fans are looking forward to since it will be to New Orleans, Louisiana, one of my favorite spots to visit in the country. It's now time for this week's Opponent Spotlight. And to get to know more about the Tulane Green Wave, we now speak with Tulane beat writer Gary Smith. Well, really, it was what happened with the with Hurricane Ida. Um, you can kind of throw out Tulane season last year. I think you can go back to what Tulane did the three previous years, which was they were basically a 500 team that that, that crept into bowl games each one of those years. Um, but yeah, you know, they 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 thought they were leaving New Orleans for two days when Hurricane Ida hit about a week before the Oklahoma game, and um, it turned into a month long deal where they were in Birmingham with all the sports teams in a hotel. Um, that had not even opened yet um, with animals, dogs, cats, snakes, all kinds of other animals. And they had to crack, they had to lift weights at a high school um, while they were there. They had to practice at Birmingham Legion Field, which is, which should probably be condemned. Um, It just wasn't, it was, it was a rough situation. Then they go to Oklahoma, almost beat them. Spencer Rattler, who um, they thought they were playing a good quarterback. We, we learned that Spencer Rattler, as the year went along, wasn't so good. <laughs> I think they thought they were better than they were after almost beating Oklahoma. At the end of their month-long, nearly month-long stay, they, had, they, they go to Ole Miss <laughs> and were humiliated. Ole Miss, maybe, they might have been able to hang 100 on Tulane if they'd have wanted to that night. Tulane was an exhausted football team. That was the best team they played all year long. It was just a bad situation, and that killed their confidence. And then even when they came back to New Orleans, things weren't normal. Guys, the, the Louisiana players on the team had had their families' homes destroyed and stuff like that. So you can really throw last year. And also, the 10 teams they lost to all went to bowl games. It was a, it was, it was, it was a combination of factors. Um, but so I really think you can throw that out. Now, having said that, it's not like Tulane was a juggernaut. The, the years before that, Tulane was a solid team under Willie Fritz. Went 7-6, and 7-6, six, and 6-6 six and six and six in those three years. But I think 
that's where that's the base that Tulane's starting from, not the two and ten that that we saw last year. Yeah, I mean, it was a big story when Tulane played Oklahoma in Norman, and yeah. and Oklahoma put all the you know the Tulane logos on the field. Right. And we remember Hurricane Ida, but we I don't think people mm-hmm. would expect that to be a huge issue for the season. I think that's completely yeah. forgotten about. Yeah, um, you know, it's just not easy being you're a college student. You're you're spending you're living in a hotel for a month, a crowded hotel, um, as it was because it was every single Tulane at athletic team you're having to still take classes online um and, and again just they, they it just it was not a good situation it, it, to even add add to it when they went to Ole Miss before the, they they brought they were going to new, back to New Orleans finally the day after that so Willie Fritz brought the entire team which you usually don't do on a road game and he got permission turned out Ole Miss has a tiny tiny visitors locker room and there was a lightning delay for two hours at the start of the game so too late before the game started so they were packed into the like sardines into a locker room then they have to go out and play and it was just it was just an ugly 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 night for for, for Tulane and, and it really did destroy their confidence they they have a ton of experience back on both sides of the ball they're 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 a much better team than they were last year yeah now having said that last year's team and any other Tulane team would have started off 2-0 playing UMass and Alcorn State in the first two games, so I don't think we can draw a whole lot yet. We're going to find out everything about this Tulane football team on Saturday in Manhattan because we all know anything about this team right now. Well, even before the start of this year, I would say even though the passing game wasn't always 100% on point, mm-hmm. but Michael Pratt has been has been pretty impressive. His numbers say impressive, 4,700 yeah. yards, 45 touchdowns, and he's thrown 16 picks. But, I mean, talent-wise, I mean, what stands out to you about Pratt? Yeah, he's, he's, he's just a good quarterback. He, his true freshman year, um, he, he, he didn't win the job in the preseason. And I, and I went to Tulane's one of the few teams where all the practices are still open. I went to the practices, and, and, and he, he didn't win the job because he just wasn't quite good enough yet in, in practice. Um, the starting quarterback really, really struggled, Keon Howard. In first quarter at Southern Miss, they're down, I think, 14 nothing. They finally put Michael Pratt in, and he's one of those guys who's a gamer. He was just a totally different player once the game started. Tulane ended up winning something like 66-21. to 21. Um, He had a fantastic game. He still he was a true freshman, so he still had a lot to learn. But he, he's got a lot of talent. Um, he, he, he had a pretty good year as a true freshman. Um, obviously, last year, he and everybody else on the team struggled. Um, but but he, he's a talented guy, and, and he really... <laughs> he, he, He's a better runner than people think, and he's really just, he's got a knack. He throws an accurate ball. He, he throws it to where the receivers don't have to adjust for it, and, and he had a terrific game again. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt because it was against Alcorn State on Saturday, but he really, he was, he was leading his receivers into long games by, by throwing the ball perfectly, and, and, and he, he's a quality quarterback. Tulane beat writer Gary Smith is our guest. From what I understand, Willie Fritz used a transfer portal to the best of his abilities to try to fill some holes, but around Pratt, who would you say are some of the main targets, both running and catching yeah. the football? Well, it's two-pronged because last year I would say Willie Fritz has a line um, that he loves to use about how he tries to recruit Division One caliber football players. Tulane's wide receiver core last year, not Division One football caliber players. They, they just had an awful year. In practice, they couldn't catch the ball. They couldn't get separation. In games, they couldn't catch the ball. They couldn't get separation. They're vastly improved this year. They have two huge transfers. They got Lawrence Keyes, who was a four-star recruit coming out of New Orleans when he went to Notre Dame. Didn't do a whole lot at Notre Dame, but he played a little 
um, he transferred to to the team. He he he's just really good. He, he he's the full package. He, he runs good routes. He's got good separation. He's got good hands. He's good after the catch. And then they got Day Day McDougal, a transfer from Maryland, who actually played with Michael Pratt in high school in Florida. Um, was a big recruit when he went to Maryland. Those two guys have made everybody else in the wide receiver room a lot better just because of the competition, and that, and that's the biggest difference. I, I think Tulane has good receivers now, and I, I I would make a case that Tulane might have had the worst receivers as a collection in Division One in, in in the FBS last year. That's the way they played all year long. They had no confidence. They have a new wide receivers coach um, who was a head coach in Division Two um, and an offensive coordinator before he came to Tulane. He's doing a great job with those guys. So so that's the so that's an area where they're vastly improved. But the other area, Tulane has one of the best running backs in the country. So does Kansas State. <laughs> um, but Ty J Spears was going to have a monster year two years ago. He tore his ACL against Southern Miss um, that year, and that game was a bad one. Um, and last year, he really wasn't healthy the first half of the year. Finally, they, they cut him loose against Memphis in the regular season. Now he rushed for 264 yards. Um, they've kind of hidden him a little bit in the first two games this year because they're going to need him big time on Saturday. But he's another guy. He, he's a breakaway threat. He, he, he can break tackles. He's got just, he, 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 he finds the holes really well. I think he's going to be the focal point of the offense. Um, if, if Tulane can block Kansas State, um, he, he, he can have a big day. So it, it's a pretty balanced offense. I think <laughs> again we'll find out. I mean, this is this is this is the test against. I mean, this Kansas State is much much better, obviously, than the first two teams Tulane has played, and and Willie Fritz has never beaten an F, um, a Power Five conference school in his coaching career. He's come very close, obviously, against Oklahoma last year. He took Georgia, I think, to overtime when he was at Georgia Southern, but he's never won one of these games. And uh, obviously, as a 17-point underdog, he's not expected to win this one either. Well, Gary, I'd love to hear about Tulane's defense, which, I mean, you could probably draw comparisons with the offense from last year, yeah. maybe on a talent level, and also just struggling against the run in the past. I mean, you're not going to beat a whole lot of teams, but also the 5.8 yards per play. I mean, that, that that, that's tough. That that really is tough. But what's the difference yeah. now this year? Well, first of all, you can divide last year into two halves because the first seven games of last year, Tulane, again, probably had one of the worst five defenses in the country. Um, East Carolina game, the, the Ole Miss and East Carolina just ran it, just did anything they wanted all game long against the Tulane defense. And it was a surprise because Tulane was fairly experienced coming back on defense. The last five games of last year, they actually were second in the American Athletic Conference to Cincinnati in, in, in yards allowed. And Cincinnati was one of the teams they played in that stretch. So it's not like their schedule got a lot easier. They fixed most of those problems in the second half of last year. And the problem then was the offense went down the tubes in the last five games. So they only, they only had one win to show for it. You know, they played UCF and held them to 14 points, lost 14 to 10. Um, they played Tulsa, held them to 14 points, lost in overtime. Um, so they did play a lot better and, and everybody's back. That's the real test because in the past, Tulane's been really good on defense before last year against teams that they matched up with talent-wise. They struggled against teams <laughs> that had more talent than them. And uh, a couple of years ago, they, they went to Memphis thinking they had a real chance to win and compete for the American Athletic Conference Championship. And Memphis scored touchdowns, I think, on six of their first seven possessions. And Tulane wasn't the same again that year either. So it'll be a big test. But, but their linebackers are, are, are terrific. Um, Dorian Williams was the, was the college football news preseason American Athletic Conference Player of the Year last year. He, like the rest of the team, didn't have a particularly good year. He's also a fast start this year, looking more like that type of player. Ten tackles in the opener and interception in the first quarter against Alcorn State. And Nick Anderson, um, his partner, um, is a three-year starter. 
um, another really heady player makes a lot of plays. Uh, so, so we'll, we'll see. Um, they, <laughs> Kansas State is primarily a running team. Um, we'll find out if Tulane's defensive line can hold up against those guys. If they can, I think the linebackers are good enough to, to, to make some plays. Okay, Gary, well, to wrap up, K-State will uh, make the return visit, in, uh, and I'm sure a lot of K-State fans are looking forward to it because it's New Orleans, and uh, that'll be in 2024, mm-hmm. so it's two years away. So, And I love New Orleans. I've been many times. Yeah. I love it down there, a family that lived there. we got to hear, uh, what's, your, what's your Cajun food spot? Where's the place to go? <laughs> Um, there's so many great places to yeah. eat in New Orleans. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're trying to narrow it down to one. Um, I that that that's a tough one for me. Um, uh, Pascal Manali is an Italian place. Every every place in New Orleans has a good has good Cajun influence. Um, so I, I I don't really have a great answer for you uh, on that one. But you, the, the thing about New Orleans is you can't go wrong. You can go to a hole in the wall restaurant that nobody's ever heard of, and it's one and it can it'll turn out being some of the some of the best food in your, you've ever eaten in your life. Well, Gary, I can tell you here in Manhattan, we got some pretty decent eats, and uh, we don't have Bourbon Street necessarily, but Aggieville is a good time. So, Gary, greatly appreciate your time and safe travels up to Manhattan. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Once again, a big thank you to Gary Smith, beat writer for the Tulane Green Wave, helping us with that breakdown of 2-0 Tulane. Well, when we come back to wrap up our number one of Powercat Game Day, the Big 12 Huddle, and you can't forget about Robert's World. That's after this on Powercat Game Day. Follow us on Twitter at Powercat Game Day and join us in the pregame conversation. Powercat Game Day continues next. It's the annual Autumn Mattress Savings Event at Beds for Less, 519 Fort Riley Boulevard. Twin mattresses starting at $99. Queen mattresses just $199. Beds for Less is your Beautyrest Black and Serta Arctic headquarters. Free statewide delivery included with these luxury mattress lines. For a limited time, receive a $200 Amazon gift card with the purchase of any Beautyrest Black or Arctic mattress. Take your mattresses home today with no money down and no credit needed. Same day statewide delivery available. Hurry to Beds for Less, 519 Fort Riley Boulevard in Manhattan. One of country music's biggest hit makers, Josh Turner. I need a September 22nd, McCain Auditorium, Kansas State University. Josh Turner. Would you go with me? One night live. I can't believe how much it turns me on. Just to be Tickets on sale now at McCain.k-state.edu. Don't miss Josh Turner, sponsored by Commerce Bank. The Big 12 Huddle. Power Cat Game Day's experts around the Big 12 Conference. The Big 12 Huddle is brought to you by Vanderbilt's, your work boot center. Locally owned with nine locations across Kansas. Online at Vanderbilt's.com. Well, D.Y., we'll start with you as we're back on Power Cat Game Day with Mitch Fortner, Derek Young, and Cole Manbeck. Notice this earlier this week that the SEC has directed Georgia and Tennessee to postpone its series with Oklahoma, that Oklahoma would play them both soon in non-con play. What, in your opinion, does that mean? Yeah, I think most people, even including myself, kind of jumped to the conclusion that maybe this was a hint that Texas and Oklahoma would be departing the Big 12 sooner than the original date. They're, I, think, I believe they're scheduled to start SEC play in 2025. So maybe this is you know the first hint that you know both the Longhorns and Sooners are going to be in the SEC before then. I actually don't think that's the case. I, th- I think this is just one of those scenarios where they didn't want to begin those series because it couldn't be completed. For example, 
um, those are home and home series, and they probably were only going to be able to get in only one of those. So that gives an advantage to the other team because the other one is going to get a home game. So I think it was just you know trying to quell that uh, concern before it gets started and, and doesn't give either one of those teams an advantage. Uh, you host one team, but the other one doesn't get a home ball game, if that makes sense. But with that being said, I'm still of the impression um, that Texas and Oklahoma are probably going to be in the SEC before the 2025 season. Um, it's just, you know, I'm, honestly, no real inside information, just a pretty good educated guess. Look, the SEC has a big new television contract, just like the Big Ten does. Theirs is exclusively with ESPN, and it begins in the 2024 season. I think it only makes sense for the Longhorns and Sooners to be in the SEC by 2024. Yeah, Oklahoma's already found a new opponent for the Georgia matchup. That's SMU, and they'll even uh, play a game in uh, Dallas uh, to make that home-and-home happen. And the, the, the Tennessee matchup was actually a makeup of what a game they were supposed to play uh, in 2020, uh, but they, uh, Oklahoma has not found a new opponent for that matchup quite yet. All right, uh, Cole, we, uh, this next topic might be a little bit awkward, but credit where credit is due. Lance Leipold and the Kansas Jayhawks are 2-0 and after an overtime victory at West Virginia this past Saturday, and before that, just a thumping of Tennessee Tech. So are we now thinking KU might be going from a two-win team to a bowl team? No. No, I think there's been a massive overreaction to Kansas getting off to a 2-0 start. Again, Tennessee Tech, one of the worst FCS teams in America. No surprise that KU crushed them. And KU probably played the 8th or ninth best team in the Big 12 on the road in Morgantown against a head coach in Neil Brown, who's maybe out of a job after this year with the way things are going and, and the job that he has done there since this onset uh, of taking the job in Morgantown. So, no, I, I think KU has certainly improved. I think Lance Leipold is doing a nice job, but you know, KU has won Big 12 games in the past. They won at Texas last year. They knocked Texas off uh, at home a couple years, a few years ago as well. It's not like they go, you know, they get beat every single Big 12 game. They often will snipe one. And the fact that it just occurred in the first Big 12 game because the schedule's a little lighter up front uh, certainly has the energy and the confidence up of KU fans and probably their players and coaching staff. I think there'll be a reality check later in the year. I think there's still a lot of massive holes in that program on the roster. They're certainly improved, like I said. And look, I would not be surprised if they get another Big 12 win because I, they play back-to-back weeks, Iowa State and TCU in Lawrence. Um, they've got Duke at home. I think they could get to four, potentially five wins, uh, which would be a significant improvement. You know, don't discredit that. But they're not getting to six. That, that's just not going to happen. In fact, I think what's going to probably happen is if they do get to four wins or five wins, I think they're going to lose out the rest of the way after that and probably finish four and eight, five and seven at best. Yeah, Robert Lipson with Roberts World actually has a thought on Lance Leipold in the Kansas Jayhawks, and we'll get to Roberts World here in just a moment. But finally, in the Big 12 huddle, D.Y., BYU and Baylor, they went to overtime in Provo, and BYU won 26-20. to That drew 2.4 million viewers. That is ESPN's best late-night Saturday game since 2016. So are you thinking, D.Y., this is more leverage for the Big 12 and their new TV deal, potentially? I think it certainly is. Even going back in a, a Texas-type blog called The Game on Galchos actually had a lot of the television data information. When a Big 12 team plays in that late time slot and Texas Tech did it when they played Arizona 
uh, for example, in, in addition to what Baylor and BYU just did, it usually eclipses every Pac-12 game that's in the, that time spot, time slot, and on, on a similar network and and during various weeks. So the Big Twelve, whenever they do get that time slot, they typically outperform the Pac-12 uh, matchup that is typically in that that time slot, and it's usually not even close. So I think that's just more ammunition, and maybe another example. That if the Big Twelve can nab that time slot, it could double the numbers that what the act the Pac twelve actually provides, and it also helps the Big Twelve television numbers wise because they're going to be competing against less, uh, you know, less content from other leagues. You, you know, Big Twelve they have to compete against the Big Ten and the SEC and the ACC for nearly every time slot that they own right now. You get into the later time slot, you have a chance to get more viewers at that point. So. Um, no, I think this that was a great another great data point for the league for Brett Yormark to sell and to market, and just with the ball game itself, I, I thought that Baylor really underwhelmed, and and it's just a, almost a shame they can't say doesn't get Baylor earlier on in the season because I think that's when they're going to be the most vulnerable. They play them later, and that's when the Bears will be improved. From the Big 12 huddle, we go now to Robert Lipson, K-State superfan and Robert's World. It's brought to you by hy V. Gear up for your next tailgate at Manhattan hy V, where there's a helpful smile in every aisle. It's time for Robert's World. Respect the streak. Robert's World with K-State superfan Robert Lipson. K-State family, welcome to another edition of Robert's World here on Powercat Game Day. I'm Mitch Fortner with K-State superfan Robert Lipson. Well, Robert, week two found K-State a winner over Missouri by the final score of 40-12. to What did you think of K-State's performance in that game? Well, those four turnovers that Missouri had, and, and it's probably weather-related, didn't help at all. I thought we would win by 17 or maybe a free possession win. Okay. I thought Adrian and a couple of receivers had a couple of bobbles, but otherwise it was the running game was okay. Well, what have you thought of Adrian Martinez so far in his first two games? Well, I'll know more as the season goes on. I think he's a good runner. Okay. I, I want to see how well he throws the ball downfield. That will really tell me a lot. I hope, although this game against Tulane be no different than our opener against the Coyotes, I'm, I'm anxious to see what he does against Oakland. Oklahoma. Right now, the Kansas Jayhawks are 2-0, and and they beat West Virginia in overtime last weekend. Do you think they're the real deal? What I've always been telling you, both both I've uh, been telling people in the tailgates, I've been telling you on the radio here, and, and I've been, uh, and in my Roberts words, that uh, they got a real coach over there. If we couldn't have Chris, I would have rather had Lance, okay? It depends how well he recruits, but he's a tremendous overachiever, and he will get it done over there, so get used to it. Well, K-State wraps up its non-con schedule today against the Tulane Green Wave. First of all, the only time these two teams have played was back in 1988 in New Orleans. Where I'm sure you were at that game. Yes, yes. And I remember we were so sure we were going to win the game that some of the assistant coaches left their places upstairs early and then Tulane came back, miraculously won the game. What do you think about today's game? Do you think K-State will take care of uh, the Green Wave today? I, I think it'll be another yawner just, just like the opener was against the Coyotes and we'll get home early. Well, what's your tailgate schedule for today? 
yesterday? Well, because of the construction on the east side, I'll start on both sides of what's left of the regular east side parking lots that are next to the stadium in Bromwich. And then from there, I'll go east down to the rec center. Remember, the east side now is uh, everything from Bromwich and the football stadium on down to the rec center. Well, Robert, the weather should be a lot better for today's game, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mitch, and you, you have a wonderful decade, and I hope everybody stays healthy. Over now. Robert's Robert's World. And that will wrap up Hour 1 of Powercat Game Day, brought to you by the McCain Performance Series, bringing the best to the Flint Hills in Broadway, music, theater, family shows, and comedy. Kids 17 and under always have price. Get your tickets online today. Kicking off Hour 2 of Powercat Game Day, we'll get to our top three storylines, featuring an interview with Brigadier General Neve Nell, Command Sergeant Major Albert Serrano, and Dr. Art DeGroat, Executive Director of Military and Veterans Affairs at Kansas State University, as we talk Fort Riley Day today at Bill Center Family Stadium against Tulane. Hour two of Powercat Game Day is next. The game is just the beginning. Get post-game video highlights and exclusive analysis online at PowercatGameDay.com. Ready to upgrade your next company gathering? Meeting Space at Midwest Dream Car Collection offers one-of-a-kind entertainment in a stunning museum setting. Book a private meeting room and your guests can explore over 60 vehicle exhibits and enjoy beer and wine on tap. With modern audiovisual and a versatile setup, it's the perfect fit no matter the occasion. Holiday availability is limited, so contact Midwest Dream Car Collection today and celebrate in style this December. For more information, visit them online at MidwestDreamCarCollection.org. Everybody is different. Some get injured and others wear down. At Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, your unique condition is at the center of what we do. Locally owned, OSMC is all-inclusive, featuring state-of-the-art equipment and treatment from diagnosis through surgery, physical therapy, and a return to activity to get you back to an active and pain-free life. Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, the same doctors trusted by Kansas State University. The greatest comebacks begin here. More information at kansasortho.com.